Welcome to Your Family Dog, a podcast dedicated to helping families love living with dogs. Hi, I'm Tina Spring, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Julie Fudge-Smith, at Your Family Dog Podcast. And today, we're having our third part in our series with Karen Deeds, where we're going to explore food play and toy play with our dogs and how that can enhance our relationship with them, enrich their lives, and even help with some behavior modification and helping our dogs be happier and healthier. So I wanted to welcome you back, Karen. Well, it is great to be back. So if I remember right, the very first installment we did, we talked a lot about uh, enrichment and we used a lot of food. Yes. Um, and that's that's kind of food play, but there's even a more active way that we can utilize food. And I think our second installment, we talked a lot about personal play. And that is, you know, playing with your dog without food or toys. So this one, we're going to really focus on how can we make food more fun uh, and how can we uh, play with to- play with toys a little bit more effectively. And I love uh, playing with food. I'm kind of a, I don't want to say I'm a lazy trainer because I'm really try not to be, but I have a very energetic border collie. And um, he likes to chase things. Shocker. He likes things that move. He's actually got some compulsive issues with vehicles. And it used to be that if he saw a vehicle, he would run and chase it if he could. But if he couldn't, he'd just spin in place. It was it's just lovely. So movement is a huge trigger for him and not sometimes in a really good way. Um, So I have to be kind of careful about how I I play with him and keep things kind of low key to start with, because if I jack him up too much, I get in trouble. Um, But food play is something that I can I can take that need to chase things and utilize it. And I spent about eight days in Lubbock uh, in December and uh, actually, I spent eight nights. So it was eight nights in a hotel room at the end of a hallway. I was at the very, very end. It was kind of like The Shining. And I have, it's cold. I've got a border collie. He's spending most of his days in a crate while I'm teaching. And so I have to do something at night. And it's freezing cold outside. So I'm going, okay, I have a hallway. Awesome. I have a hallway. I can use that hallway. And I have a hotel room. It's a big hotel room. Yay. So I get out into the hallway and I'm in the middle and I toss a treat left and he's on a long line just in case. And I toss the treat right and I toss the treat left and I toss the treat right. And guess what he's doing? He's running to the left. He's running to the right. I'm standing in the middle of the hallway. Awesome. Guess who's getting exercise? It's not me. It's the dog. And guess what? I can start to interject here every time he eats that cookie. After about the fourth time, he's going, oh, my God, every time I eat this cookie, you're going to throw a cookie the other direction, which means I have to run by you to get that other cookie. So now I'm going left to right to left to right. And as he's eating that cookie, I say here, he comes to me and I say the word toss, which means I'm going to throw the cookie and I throw it the other direction. He eats it. He's going to come to me anyway. So let's just interject that really little recall cue. Come here. Actually, I use here. He gets there. He starts running towards me. I say, toss, and I throw the cookie the other direction. And so I've created this pattern, and I've interjected the word here, because now here has amazing value. It means here means, oh, my God, I'm going to run past mom, and I'm going to go get a cookie. And eventually, I might start saying, instead instead of tossing the treat, here, he comes to me. I feed him when he gets to me. 
Then I say toss. So now he's coming to me and he's stopping. So I have just taken food play and turned it into a training session and he didn't even know it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I've done something similar with with a ball. When I have two Absolutely. balls. Yes. And I'll throw one ball and she'll bring she'll bring it back and, and she doesn't I'll show her the second one. And I'll say, drop it. She doesn't get the second one tossed until the first one is dropped. Right. As soon as she drops it, I throw the second one. And that, th well, that's a whole nother skill about teaching dogs to fetch. Right. But, um, but the then what I'll add it, but what I was going to say, what I added in is that every time she comes towards me, I do a particular whistle. Yes. So that this whistle is always associated with coming to me yeah. while we're having fun. And then I never use it unless I absolutely positively need her to come to me. And I will practice that whistle for months before I use it as a recall. Right. And it's always associated with having fun. So it becomes I mean, extremely strong. Classical conditioning at its best, right? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So, so using food, I mean, tossing food is one thing. Another thing you can do with food is hide it, hide it on your body, you know, kneel on the floor and put it, um, put it between your knees, put it under your ankle. Put it between um, your your legs so that the dog actually has to nuzzle to get to it. That's you know that's that engages a little bit of that seeking system. We may have talked about that in session one, um, but this is a game that you can play. Um, you know, even even uh, the shell game, right? Find a cookie under which hand is it? Pick it. You know, now we have three cups. Maybe which is the one? Where's the cookie? You you think about those things as training exercises well heck they're just fun things that you can do with your dog and especially mm -hmm. let's say you have a dog that has um maybe they're afraid of certain things and you start playing this game and you start seeing the dog become a little bit um less fearful more happy and then you may move that that game into a place um like uh, i think uh, julie was mentioning going to the vet clinic your dog won't mm -hmm. eat at the vet because it's stressed because so we do personal play but if we start doing some food play and have those games instilled at home maybe if we start playing those food games in new places the dog goes oh god this was that game we played versus right here's a cookie, here's a cookie. well that's no fun it's just a freaking cookie but oh my god if i had to chase it or i have to hunt for it that makes me feel even better so those are things that we might even in um insert into a new environment or a new scary situation not too scary but enough where the dog goes oh we're playing that game and now we're in a closet wow the the vet office the closet right yes. um, <laughs> and um you know oh my god we're still playing that game i don't feel so bad in here so those are little things that we can do with with food um but the big thing i see is people that try to play with toys with their dogs and they get in trouble I see so many people create resource guarding when they try to play with their dogs. So, mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Yeah, that's so a very good point. Dog, they give their dog a toy, right? They give their dog a toy. It's a little squeaky toy. Or they can, they shred it. And of course people are going, Oh my God, he's shredding the toy. And so then why did you buy a toy that could be shredded? If you didn't want it shredded, that's what they're for. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I, that's my thought process. I mean, if I buy something with stuffing, I expect it to be shredded in 2.9 seconds. Between all of my 10 dogs, the the one that likes to shred the most is my chihuahua. 
He loves, he can't rip things apart, but once it's opened up, by God, he is de-stuffing. He's the <laughs> God's sakes. Now, do um, you ever give him like paper towel, paper towel tubes oh, and stuff like he that loves, to shred? I have yeah. a picture of him as a puppy with a toilet paper roll and he's just so cute. He's a little long haired chihuahua. Um, he's very cute. And he's old now, but uh, he still likes to de-stuff toys. Um, so I kind of look at stuffed toys as something to unstuff. So really and truly, do I play tug with stuffy toys? Not. It depends on the dog. Uh, sometimes that's all they'll play with. They won't play with a rope because that rope is a little too hard. Or they won't play with a, a tug toy, which is made out of French linen or jute. Uh, something that, you know, the dogs that have harder mouths will play with. The Labradors or the the bitey dogs, the Shepherds, the Malinois, they like to bite stuff that most soft, sensitive little Border Collies don't like to bite. Um, so we have to look at that is what's my dog's tendency? Will they will they chomp on a hard toy? A lot of little dogs won't unless you mm -hmm. have a terrier. They like to tear. They're, they're pretty hardcore. Put stuff in my mouth and thrash it because uh, that's what they do for a living. Um, so we have to look again at what our dog's tendencies are to do with toys that you give them by themselves. Just like we did with how do they play with dogs? How do they play with their environment by themselves? Well, let's interject ourselves. Well, now how do they play with a toy? And then let's interject ourselves. So I see people that take that toy and the dog starts to run away with it and they chase the dog. Well, that's, that could be a game in and of itself. And right. the dog goes, but, but you gave it to me, you're chasing me down and I don't like you chasing me down. And now I've got, I'm on my bed where I want to chew my toy and you want to take it from me. So again, I, I probably five dogs in the last six months I've had that were puppies. that were all taught resource guarding through play. So I said, okay, so we're going to get two toys that are just alike. And you, Julie, you already mentioned this with the ball. Mm -hmm. We get two toys that are just alike and we, you know, we, we give one to the other dog, give the one to the dog and we show them the other toy and they drop that first one. We throw the, the second one and then they play with that one for a little while. And if we can start to teach the dogs that when you give them toys, you're not always going to take them back, but that if they willingly give it back, they can get another toy. That's just a lie. Right. right. So we start the concept of sharing without having a to use food. The whole concept of trading. I know it's a very common process to teach trading. Um, and with, you know, you've got you. You stole something here. Let me give you a cookie and I'll take what you shouldn't have. I'll take the remote control. Thank you. Here's a cookie. And I know many dogs are going, oh, I want a cookie here. Let me go get the remote control. It's the same thing. Right. You just chained. Let me pick up the remote control so I can go get mommy. Give me a cookie. Awesome. So uh, that's something we would we can do. It certainly prevents the dog from chomping and chewing and destroying the remote control. Um, but it might be teaching some dogs to just become, you know, food whores and bring you things that they shouldn't have, your shoes, your remote controls, um, anything you drop on the floor, they bring it to you expecting a cookie. Um, not a bad problem because at least they're not destroying it. But again, another way we could look at that would be, okay, so if I take something from you or you bring me something 
doesn't always have to be food that I'm going to give you. Maybe it's the opportunity to play with another toy. Um, so we teach sharing that way. And um, I start out typically with two identical toys of, of some sort. Um, that doesn't mean that if a dog does get something, I actually do a really nice classically conditioned drop. I say, I teach the word drop, throw food on the floor, 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 drop, throw food on the floor. They don't have anything in their mouth yet. They just hear the word drop and oh my God, there's food on the floor. So what starts to happen, right. good old Pavlov, is he hears the word drop and they go, my mouth starts to what? Salivate because we're thinking we're going to eat. Ring the bell, feed the dog, ring the bell, feed the dog, drop, feed the dog, drop, feed the dog. So let's say my dog now has a stolen Maybe it is my tennis shoe now. And I say drop and the dog goes, spits that tennis shoe out because he's thinking, his body is thinking, food's incoming, must spit out what's ever in my mouth so my mouth can prepare for incoming. So you've just created a really lovely way to teach your dog to drop things versus trading things. Again, just another method of solving your dog stealing stuff it is still feeding the dog uh, but again once you say you can condition that uh, drop pretty soon you don't have to always feed it you'll have to cycle around back to it again because if you don't continue to work through it um, the conditioning does lose its effectiveness after a little while um, that's been my experience anyway and maybe that's because people don't do it properly in the first place I don't know but so we have dogs that really want to play with toys. Now they're not playing with toys for resource guarding issues. So let's say we want to actually play with our dogs with a toy. So let's say we get that ball or we get that ball on a rope or we get that tug toy or we get that stuffed toy. I don't care what it is. I will tell you, if you have a dog that uh, likes to shred things, you're probably not going to get a lot of interaction with you if you give it something to shred. If you want to play with your dog, have a toy that they have a harder time playing with by themselves. A tennis ball. My dog will sit there and chomp on a tennis ball. I did it just yesterday, 35 minutes. I walked around my room <laughs> waiting for him to let go of the tennis ball. Walked around a room and he finally went after 35 minutes of just barely chomping the ball. I guess this isn't all it's cracked up to be. Remember, I have an obsessive compulsive dog with balls. So I made the mistake of, a, of using a tennis ball. It was too malleable. I have a very hard rubber ball that it only takes him about 15 minutes to let go. But I was lazy and I didn't get the black ball. I just used a tennis ball and I paid the price 35 minutes later. Um, so I so Karen, after yeah. you dropped the ball, what did you do? I walked away. I, I, if he ever went back for it, I let him have it. I let him go. I'm done with the ball. I'm satiated. I don't need the ball anymore. And I walked away and I put him in his kennel and I gave him a treat. I was waiting for him to go done. I didn't so I had, it out of his mouth. Right. I had just last night people with a Cavapoo puppy that's like nine months old, he steals stuff. So he finds socks, he finds whatever in the house and they've made it a fantastic game yep. of keep away. And so my question to them was, well, what, and if you get food, he 
stashes the item, steal, takes the piece of food, and then goes back to the item and takes off, like goes, ha ha ha, I'm the gingerbread man, right. and takes off again because, you know, humans, primates are slow. So, so I said, okay, well, what happens if you just ignore it? And they were like, what? I'm like, does he, does he eat the sock or does he just parade it around? And they're like, well, eventually he'll just, he'll just put it down. I'm like, cool. You have your answer. Like, let him, if it's something safe, let him run around with whatever it is. Go on about your business. You could even make a big deal out of another toy. And when he leaves that object alone, be like, come on, let's go play outside. And when he goes plays outside, collect up the socks and make a mental note of like, we need to stow our stuff. But like they were, they didn't realize that they were one going to create resource guarding. And I do think that they would have. Um, but two, that they were making finding stuff and keeping it away from their owner a great game right. versus a cooperative game. Right. And and what I started out with is, I mean, it's really hard to, like I say, it's really hard to use toys as a reinforcer when it's a ball. You have one option, fetch. Chase the ball, bring it back. Do a behavior, chase the ball, bring it back. Do a behavior, chase the ball, bring it back. That's about all you have when you're playing with a ball. Can't, it's hard to play tug with a ball. So I at least want a toy that I can use. And granted, I am working with a sport dog, potential, um, who is very toy-oriented. And so I have created, um, there's words that mean you get to play with a toy in this particular way. And fetch is obviously you get to go, I'm going to throw the toy and you get to go get it, but you have to be able to bring it back. So what I was working on with this toy, because that is obviously his highest motivator but it's the least useful for me so ulterior motors, motives here is i want to have a toy that i can utilize as a reinforcement tool or strategy and a ball is just not going to give me as many strategies um so i'm going okay so if you play with tug with me for just a few minutes you get your ball and and that's what I said. I played tug with him for about a minute and a half with his tug toys. And then when he brought it to me, he let me have the tug. I said cash, which is now his marker cue for we're going to go find your freaking ball and you're going to obsess about it until you're done obsessing about it. And then we're going to go play tug again. So um, so that's the sequence. And basically, I'm pre-macking. You get to play tug. You play tug, you get to you get to chew on your ball. You let it go, we play tug, you go suck on your ball. You play tug, you suck on your ball. Well, guess what's happening? Tugging has become more, rein more reinforcing. So I'm getting stronger tug and play with the tug toys and less time with the ball. Now, granted, I made the mistake of using a tennis ball because it was squishy. My black ball isn't as squishy. He doesn't squish with that near as long. And I've gotten him down to cash, I run over, I give him the black ball. He walks around for about two seconds, goes, and then he's like, can we play tug again? Because it's a lot more fun than sucking on a black rubber ball. So yay, win yay. to me. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I, probably not everyone in our audience understands yeah. what the pre-MAC principle is. So I was oh. hoping that maybe you could explain oh. that so that people understand what you meant when you say I've been pre-MACing. It's like, did I miss so, something? <laughs> yeah, so basically what pre-MAC is, is we call it grandma's rule, right? 
if you eat your broccoli, you can have the cake. Right. A right. lesser behavior is reinforced by a stronger. More desirable. Behavior. Right. More right. desirable behavior. So you can play tag with me. And then you get to suck on your ball. And actually, my dog is not a very food-motivated dog. So I may have to be sadly going, if you eat this, we get to play with your ball. <laughs> if you <laughs> eat this, you get to play tug. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna not be fun. Not sure I need to do that, but we're working towards that because our food motivation is getting less and less and less. And our toy motivation is getting higher. But I need food to do precision work with. Anyway, so... But we're talking mainly about pet dogs. So I'm going to kind of go backwards a little bit and stop talking about so much sporty type stuff. But just basic play with your dog. Um, I know there's a lot of people and Chuck It makes a lot of money off of their little thing, right? That little Chuck It thing because I throw like a girl. I throw If I throw something, it normally ends up in the trees. Um, ask my husband. We probably have three balls in trees right now. And uh, balls on ropes in trees. Um and so the chuck it, you can throw that sucker a long, 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 long way. That creates, and I honestly think that that's what had happened to my dog as he lived in a 10 foot by 10 foot pen for the first 10 months of his life, 11 months of his life. And um, I think the only thing he had to play with was chasing cars and chewing on balls. That's all he had. And um, so he's a little compulsive about all that stuff. But I think that throwing the chucket can become also a compulsive thing. And I do know your dog needs to be physically fit to play that game because that stopping is can be really hard on shoulders and the twisting to come back to you can be really hard on joints. So again, make sure if you're doing that kind of play that you're doing it on ground that's not concrete. It's not maybe a tennis court, something that's a little softer. Mm -hmm. um, so just, just a caveat there about that. Talk with your vet about that. Talk with a uh, rehab person or something about how much is this going to affect my dog. Um, but getting your dog to bring it back. Oh my God. That's the first thing, right? So, and Julie already alluded to this, two toys. I start teaching the dog to play fetch with the two, two food toss game. Toss left, toss right. It's a concept. Toss left, toss right. Toss right. left. Right. Then I put the dog, I get that ball, I get identical balls and I get in a small room where there's not a lot else going on and I toss left and I toss right. So the first thing I do is I toss left. My dog picked it up and he threw it in the air 50,000 times and he chased it every time it dropped, it moved. And I'm over here tossing my ball. That's all me and the ball all alone. And he's over there in the corner playing with his own little ball all by himself because that's what he's done for 10 months. Right. And he's going, oh, mom, when did, I didn't know you had a ball. That one looks like, and I'm bouncing it, but he's having a grand old time. Throwing it himself, he's good. Bouncing it, catching it, throwing it, he's just, oh, I should videotape it. It's really pretty, was pretty dramatic. And, but now he's going, oh, but I can chase that one if you throw it. Cause I can, he says, I can toss my ball and I can bounce my ball, but I can't throw it. Not well anyway. And he likes to chase. Remember, he's a movement type of dog. So I'm over here tossing my ball, bouncing my ball, trying to get his attention and going, dude, look, I have one too. And so he comes over and I'm bouncing and tossing and he goes, he spits his out and I say, fetch. And I throw it the other direction. And then I pick that first one up and he's over there doing the same thing with that ball. 
it didn't take long before he went, ew, the faster I bring it back, the faster I get to chase it, the faster I bring it back, the faster I get to chase it. Now, granted, he is very self-reinforced by throwing it himself. So I started with, that's why I found these very hard rubber black balls. They actually have a hole for them. So there is a little squish there, but they're hard black rubber, not the most desirable things to to to, to suck on, to, to, to chomp. So it was a little less fun for him. Uh, so that's what I started with, was that. And then I got to the point that he's picking that ball up, bringing it, dropping it at my feet. I'm throwing the other one. Fine. Awesome. Now guess what I'm going to do? If I want to now go to one ball, he drops that first one. I pick it up, fetch, throw it again. He's now learned that if I bring it back, you're going to throw it. In the beginning, I started with two. Now I'm down to one. Then I want to, okay, you drop the ball. I pick it up. The dog is staring at the ball. When are you going to throw it? When are you going to throw it? When are you going to throw it? Oh, I don't want, I just said fetch and my dog's going, throw the ball, mom. He's in the room. Um. Um, so I don't want the dog to be staring at the ball. I want to be able to utilize this maybe. So I wait for him to go staring at the ball. He's staring at the ball. And finally he goes, Hey mom, stupid up there. What the heck's taking you so long? And he looks at me and I go fetch. And I throw the ball. Oh my God. I know how to make you throw the ball. I look at you. Awesome. Now I have some focus. Now I have a usable tool in a game that you make eye contact, fetch. Then, it's, then we might proceed to eye contact, sit, fetch. Eye contact, touch, fetch. So we're using fetch as a marker, just like we would with a clicker in food. So now I have that. So again, this goes into training, but you don't have to make it that complicated. If you want to play fetch with your dog, fine. Just throw the ball. Don't have to do all these marker cues. But I have worked with, in fact, as a dog in Lubbock, the lady made the mistake. It's a German shepherd <laughs> and she's lovely, but she would put the dog not in front of me. She put the dog behind me. I'd stand against the wall and that dog would still shove it between my butt and the wall. It's still back there. She, she would put the ball behind me. I never got that resolved, but what I got was she would put it behind me and the mom has basically for two years been kicking it, <laughs> not picking it up and throwing it. So you can tell where this dog's focus would be on the ground. This dog was not ever going to give her eye contact. <laughs> it took us about 20 minutes picking up the toy. She's, she's literally staring at the ground going, but, but, but the toys on the ground, I'm like, no, honey, it's in my hand. <laughs> She's like, but it shouldn't be it should be on the ground and i'm like no honey it's really in my hand i'm gonna i'm gonna toss it again so we created a dog or she had created a dog that was very focused on the floor and had no idea that mom was even part of this game none whatsoever so we created a dog and guess what we did we created a dog that was now going, okay, I have to look at you and you're going to throw that. The next step we did is we actually put the ball in a bowl on the other side of the room. And the dog is going, but the ball's way over there. I'm like, uh-huh. So a lot like I did with my border collie with the word cash, where I ran to the ball after he played tug. 
She's on the other side of the room. The dog looks at mom. She goes, ball, and they run to the other side of the room, pick the ball up out of the bowl and throw it. So now the dog is not totally looking at the ball all the time. We're just looking at different ways that the dog becomes not compulsive about that ball. Because we do create that with some of these dogs. I have no idea if my dog's a victim of that. But I want things that are mutually reinforcing with, with playing fetch. Uh, another game is tug. I love dogs to play tug. And I have heard so many people, there's there's actually a, a, a Labrador rescue person around here who says, oh, tug's the worst thing you could ever play with your dog. And I'm like, really? Since when? And granted, I get this, the, the field trial people, they're like, oh, you would never want to take your soft mouth dog and play tug with it. Well, I do. They don't. They don't want you to because they don't want your dog. They don't want your dog tugging with the birds. Right. But I guarantee tug is a very different. You can create a totally different. It's a di totally different concept. Retrieve is a retrieve and tugging is tugging. We don't tug with retrieve items. We tug with tug toys <laughs> with things that are meant to be tugged with. Well, no, I get it. It's amazing to me how many really professional dog people, breeders, people who train gun dogs, like all these people have all these, I swear, they act like dogs are retarded. Like, do you really think your dog doesn't know the difference between a bird and a tennis ball? Because if that's the case, we might need to be breeding for some different stuff. Our dogs knew the difference about what was going to be happening in their lives based on what collar and leash we picked up. Absolutely. If you had a confirmation collar, they knew they weren't going to be sitting in that ring. If you had your obedience equipment, they knew they were doing obedience. If they were on a slip leash, they knew they were going to be doing herding or they were going to be doing agility. I don't understand why there are so many people who are like, oh, you can't possibly do X with your dog because it'll ruin some other completely different discipline. It's just, I'm like, y'all, they don't hit their heads that hard. <laughs> They're not etch-a-sketches. Like, and, and, we... and granted, I do hear this all the time. Well, you would never want my dog to play fat or to, to play tug with a child. There well, might not be... the child as the the tug oh, toy. Right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Right. So that's where... but, but if we had a child and a dog who are building safe, appropriate games, playing tug, that's totally fine. Yes. Well, and it can be an extension of, of other games. I was thinking, like, in the last one, I talked about Gracie running around the yard and Zuzu chasing the toy. Well, when Zuzu would get a hold of the toy, then they would play some tug until Zuzu would just sit down. And then Gracie would sit down with her and they'd talk. I wish I knew what they were talking about because I, I couldn't. They were outside and I was inside. But then, you know, she'd start running again. She'd grab it. And, and then sometimes, you know, Zuzu would lead Grace. And sometimes Grace would lead Zuzu. And then sometimes they'd stop and they'd tug, 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 tug. And then they'd both stop. And I'm like, I have no problem whatsoever because there is three and a half feet between my granddaughter's hands and my dog's mouth. Yes. Right. Tug on a rope. Man, that is just the best thing for kids. And and granted, 
you know, some dogs need to learn where to hit the toy. Like right now I've transitioned yes. my dog from a, a jute toy arm in the process because definitely balls are his things. But like I said, balls are hard to play tug with. So now I have a ball on a rope and he is learning. I had to teach him that when I say strike, which is his cue to come take the toy and we're going to play tug with it, that he needs to bite the ball and right. not the rope part. Right. And my God, he's, he's, it's amazing how fig, how he's figuring it out. And the other thing is I can still, you know, he's tugging with it and he, I, I, I get it from him. I, I have a cue that means drop it in my hand. It's delivered to hand and it's just an open palm. That means put the toy in the, in mommy's hand. If I have a hand that's upturned that my palm is down so that he can literally deliver, he can move the, the, the rope into my hand and we play tug with it. So it's palm up, drop it into my hand palm down that is then going to be delivered to hand and we're going to play some more and standing with my hands beside my legs in a very neutral position means spit it at mom's feet and she's going to pick it up and probably throw it or we're going to we're going to tug again whatever so those are cues that obviously i've had to teach him so he knows there's very much there's very predictable rules about how we play Right. And, and you and I aren't saying that a dog that's indiscriminate with their mouth should be playing tug, a tug game with little kids, right? Correct. We need to solve, we need to set the rules of the game yes. first and we need to, of course, manage safety. But yeah, like I don't have, a, my answer to so many questions with families is it depends. They probably want right. to punch me. Right. Because it just depends. Like my pug, you could play tug with him all day long. It, you're going to win and it's not going to matter. Like he's going to be delightful and give kisses. Like he's not going to get over threshold. You try to do that with a dog who's like the board and train that I have here right now. And yeah, like it's going to end spectacularly badly. So that is on the list of not yet and maybe not ever for her because it's too arousing. And that's one of the things like with, with my dog is, is learning how to play his way. If I'm the one that's pulling him around all the time, I'm winning, right? I guess you could say I'm winning because I'm pulling you around. My dog's going, this is no fun for me. So guess what? The dog needs to win. He's dragging Absolutely. my rear around the floor about 50% of the time. And then I pull him. And it's not so much the pop, 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 pop pulls it's a slow even pull again that depends right. on the dog but normally i'm going to do a nice slow pull and then he pulls me and then i slowly pull him and then he pulls me right more like and, um, and then when i let him yes. go, let go he's going oh god i want to do that again i know that i haven't satisfied his needs to play tug if when i let go he doesn't come back Right. If he goes, yeah, I'm going to go over here and play with it by myself. That tells me, well, that little session was not very reinforcing for him. He didn't like it. So I have to go, okay, what do I do different? Um, and granted, uh, this is this is probably above and beyond most pet people stuff. But I've taken week long. Uh, I've taken six weeks of how to play with my dog. In fact, I'm hoping to sign up for another session tomorrow uh, with my new dog. And um, six weeks of how to play with my dog. I've done private lessons with somebody on how to play with my dog uh, and, and make it satisfying for both of us so that we don't both die. And so with pet people, which is what we're, our focus really needs to be is to safely do it. But one of the things that most people try to do is I want the toy back. So they pry the dog's mouth open to get, right. the, dog, get the toy out. 
no, 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 no. If I have one toy and the dog is tugging with it and they won't let go when I, so they, basically the dog is tugging. I want, that's the rabbit, right? They just killed the rabbit. Now they're thrashing with it. And you're kind of on the other end. You're controlling the thrash. Well, guess what? The rabbit is now dead. So the rabbit dies. It's not thrashing anymore. It's not alive. It's not, it's not moving. So hold that toy against your leg and brace it against your leg so it can be as still as possible. And then you have a toy that's identical in your other hand. And that rabbit comes to life and you start moving it and it's got little prey poppy movements and the dog's going, oh my God, that rabbit's alive. Here, let me leave this toy to go to that toy. And then we tug on that toy and then it dies. In other words, you bring it in, you hold it as still as you can. And then the other, the, the, the rabbit in the other hand starts to come back to life. And so you teach the dog that when you, your hand goes still, let it go and something good's going to happen. So we're teaching an automatic out without having to pry the dog's mouth open. Right. 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 Well, the thing that I find, too, is, is if I can teach my dog that most of the time, um, you know, if, if if I need something from you, I'm, I'm either going to give you something in exchange or we're going to play another toy or whatever. So that most of the time the dog is willingly giving up whatever it is that it has, that when the time comes that, for example, I have a puppy. And the puppy will sometimes pick up something. I'm like, oh, no, you may not chew that because if you continue to chew that, you can choke. That I need to swoop in and open its mouth and get it out. It's not nearly so offensive to the dog if on occasion I have to do that in order for a safety issue. If most of the time we're giving it up willingly and we're playing. So one of the reasons why I like to do it and give my dog an idea of what trading is all about or, you know, relinquishing something is so that when I have to move in, because there will be times when you do have to, it's not going to be all that traumatic for your dog. And that's actually something you can trade. Your dog, there's no yes. toy involved. There's nothing. You walk up to your dog, you, you touch his mouth, you give him a cookie. You touch his mouth, you give him a cookie. You touch his yeah. mouth and open it a second, you give him a cookie. You touch his mouth, you pry his mouth open, you give him a cookie. He's going, oh, you can touch my mouth and I get cookies. Hot dog. I like that. So you're, and I, I look at this as kind of like this is the bank account, right? All of this play, all of this conditioning that you're doing, touching, feeding, touching, feeding, switching toys, switching food, all of those things are just giving your dog a history of, wow, that's not bad. In fact, that right. was actually kind of fun. So when something bad happens, that's the withdrawal in your bank account because you've been putting in all of those lovely deposits. Wow, I get to play. Mom touched my hand, touched my mouth. I got a cookie. That's a deposit. Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. We've got a bank account of, you know, $2,000. Awesome. We've done 2,000 reps of nothing bad happens. And then guess what? Ooh, something bad happens. You you picked up that uh, that pencil lid or that pen lid. And now nah, that's not, you can't have that. And if you haven't taught a drop or you or you, you can go get your trade, whatever. Uh, and your, your dog's already, it's in their mouth. Or God forbid, how many of you have ever had a dog bite a stick and get it lodged in the roof of their mouth yeah oh my god that's that's a, that's a hard one but that's something that you can prepare for so you put enough money in the bank when you have to take that withdrawal out of the bank account you're not in the red you're still in right the right and that that sort of brings it back to the whole idea of, of play when you are playing with your dog when you are doing things like teaching it to 
to to drop or to let go in the in the course of play, that's also putting deposits in yes. the bank, even if you're not doing exactly the training of I touch your mouth. Because every time you play with your dog and you're building trust and you're building these games, you have fun with one another, you're building a bond so your dog is going to trust you. But if you're behaving in an odd way, there must be a reason for it. So I think that play is not only fun, I think it's great for your dogs, but I also think, too, you've given us a lot of great ideas about how to creatively play with your dogs, even in a tiny little space. Get off the table, Zuzu. Um, (laughs) So um, I I really think that... um, if that there's a lot of great ideas here and the idea that um you know you need to to teach play in the same way responsible way that you teach other things so that you don't create problems rather than solve them so i think it's been a really super episode and i think that we could probably do an entire year don't you tina on play we could just have karen come back every week for a year (laughs) exactly (laughs) And talk about play. And then you and I don't have to do anything, right? Well, I was a little verbose, but that's that's kind of my reputation. So I, I don't think you have that reputation. Um, no, I, I think it's great. I think the play thing's really important. And I and again, I think it's important for us all to remember that there's lots of ways to do it. Right. And there's mm-hmm. lots of ways to grow it. That I mean, that that even like our interpersonal relationships grow and transform over time as our dogs mature in age, the same thing happens that play can morph over time. Boy, that, that is huge right there. And I think we need to realize that with dogs, their needs and their desires change. And I think that's really important. You know, my little, my little Chihuahua who loved to shred things who's now 11 and starting to go blind a little bit, you know, he's, he shreds them, but he's not just the voracious shredder that he used to be. He's like, yeah, he pulls out half the stuffing. He's like, yeah, that was good. That was fun. Thanks mom. Appreciate it. But I'm done now. And so things change. Yes. And we have to be able to, to watch for our dogs, them where they are. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's the summation. Well, I'll definitely try some of the play stuff with my kiddos. And I guess one of the things that you helped me with was recognizing that maybe more play is happening than I thought was happening. Mm. just wasn't necessarily in the traditional way. I mean, playing peekaboo with a dog. I mean, we do it with kids. Why can't we do it with dogs, right? That's right. one of the first things we play with infants, isn't it? Peekaboo! And they laugh hysterically. Well, guess what? Maybe that's all your dog wants to do with you. And, you know, you go hide in the, in the closet and you open the door and go, peekaboo! And the dog says, that's just the best right. game ever. So, so yesterday I went into the guest room and the dogs actually didn't follow me for, like, probably the first time ever. And... I heard somebody, I wasn't sure who, coming down the hallway, one of the dogs. And so I ducked down behind the bed. Yes. And it was, I, I probably giggled, like trying to do that stage giggle quietly, right? For like 15 minutes. Because you could hear them all muttering to themselves, to each other. Like, I thought you were watching <laughs> Like, oh, goodness. We've, the mother is lost again. We're all going to starve. <laughs> right? So they're up and down the hallway. Eventually somebody was like, Hey, we're dogs. We could use our noses and find her stinkiness. Um, 
And when they eventually found me, like it was, it was hysterically funny. It was, it was a really, really funny moment. And all I did was duck down behind the bed and waited for them. That's hilarious. And they thought that that was hysterical. Now your example of hide in the closet and jump out. I'm just not that big a fan of cleaning up excrement. Because my dogs would lose their marbles. They would be like, we were positive there's always been a dragon in that bedroom. <laughs> but yes, like it 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 is I, I I think I actually you make me feel better that I actually play with them more it's than I thought I did. Wonderful. I just do it in perhaps ways that work for our family. Yes. Then that's you so you Get your dogs where you where they are. Right. That's perfect. And I was also thinking something similar is that when you're talking about watching how your dogs play with other dogs, um, it's been delightful to watch Zuzu handicap herself for Clementine, my puppy. She, um, in fact, a behavior vet who I had we had over for brunch uh, took pictures, took videos of them because she wanted to show to her students good play behavior between an older dog and a younger dog. But when, right. when you're talking about Tug, I was going to mention this earlier. Zuzu will lay down so that Clemmy has a better chance of mm-hmm. winning mm-hmm. because if she stands up and braces herself, yes. then basically Clementine is pulled around the yard. But if Zuzu lays down, Clemmy can dig in and pull and pull and pull and everyone's like, Zuzu will let her win. And so um, I was, it was yes. really fun when you said that because I thought, yeah, I can learn a lot about how to play just watching how the two of them play and how an older dog can handicap and how to, right. how to reinforce the rules, right? Because yeah. my guess is if Clemmy grabs too close to Zuzu's lip on the toy, Zuzu lets her know, hey, 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 you need to pay attention yes. to where your mouth is. Like, my lip is yes. pretty tender. Yeah. So, so, yes, I would actually, I tell people pretty consistently that the best parts of my dog training I have from watching dogs raise other dogs and it's and cute. to politely and kindly know what the rules are and what to focus on and what to teach. So observations, oh my God, it's so much fun. So much fun. Oh yeah, no, it's it's very, very much I, I'm fun. Not, I'm, I'm not it's a guilty pleasure. Everybody to have fifteen dogs in their house. Right. Like, right. Well, like right. Well. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Karen. It's been a couple of great episodes and uh, we'll just sign you up for you know, pretty much come in when, when, like most of the time, we'll just, it'll be, we'll just have, yeah, it'll be Karen deals in your family. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Karen. And we'll be sure to have you on again. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Bye. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Your Family Dog. Got questions? Interesting ideas? Visit www.yourfamilydogpodcast.com to share your thoughts.